listening to Birthplace of Next, the podcast where city officials and partners discuss the latest news and developments in Dayton that make it a livable, sustainable, and innovative community. I'm Dayton Fire Captain Brad French, and today I'm talking to EMT Amy Duncan about the Dayton Fire Department's GROW program, and that stands for Get Recovery Options Working. Amy, thanks for joining us today. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your current role in the Dayton Fire Department. Uh, hello. Uh, thanks for having, inviting me today. Um, I've been on the Dayton Fire Department for 11 years, and I have been on the GROW team for five years in August. Awesome. The, uh, one of the things that we, we are really excited about with the, the GROW program, and you're really going to get into the details on that, um, but, but you focus a lot of time and energy and effort onto opioid addiction and trying to help community members out with that. So looking back on, on that time period, the opioid epidemic was particularly challenging in the city of Dayton a few years back. So as, as you look back on that, what were some of our greatest challenges uh, and, and what good or what progress came out of that entire time period? So when I first started, um, we only had a, a couple of options for treatment in the area. And we really kind of, if, as far as inpatient, uh, really still only have a few options. Um, so uh, an, an individual would wait several weeks for a bed. Um, and, and we would get flagged down you know, daily on the street, uh, maybe by someone panhandling, and say, hey, I'm ready for treatment right now. Um, so we could spend an eight or 10 hour shift just standing on the side of the road, just begging, searching for a bed. Um, and when that person's ready right now, um, you know, that epiphany may, you know, disappear in 10 minutes and, you know, we don't have eight hours. So by, by the time eight hours would happen, um, they're ready to go. And, you know, we'd have to start this process over in a week when we'd find them again. Um, so, um, to try to speed this process up, I started um, walking into facilities, calling facilities in our in our local area, um, inside the county, outside of the county, um, and then started branching out into the state of Ohio uh, and saying, hey, this is what our team does. Um, how can we expedite this, this process when someone is uh, ready right now? Um, can, we, can we work something out where I call you, we do a process over the phone with this individual on the side of the road and get them a bed now. Um, so people were impressed kind of with what our team does and said, hey, yeah, we would love to help you. And um, if they don't have insurance, like we can make this work. Um, so now, you know, we're at the point where we have hundreds of contacts all over the state of Ohio. Um, we can get people beds even um, in California, Pennsylvania, Indiana, Kentucky. Um, and as far as Florida. Um, so in each one of these places have, you know, a different set of rules. Um, you know, some people, um, you know, it's a matter of the drug of choice, what they can detox, you know, alcohol or benzos, certain places. Um, some places can't take um, registered sex offenders. Um, uh, people that um, are, are have committed arson. Uh, so those things um, can, say whether or not a facility can take them. So um, the trimester of someone's pregnancy, um, if they've, whether or not they've used in the last 72 hours or if they have insurance, um, their mental health diagnosis, all those things factor in on whether or not a facility can take them. But someone that's in a crisis in that moment and then when they're ready to go, um, making those phone calls to 50 places and being told no, 
that's just a lot for them to try to handle in that moment. And then, and like I said, having that crisis. So, so we kind of take those, um, we take that out of that, you know, we take that out of it and say, Hey, we're going to make those phone calls for you. Um, we developed our own little pre-screen, um, of all the questions that these facilities ask, we run down the line, um, what's your insurance, what's, you know, your social, your birthday, all of these things, medical history and mental health diagnosis, and just ask those very quickly. And then I know that boom, 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 all these places will take you and these places won't. And then I just know at the beginning of the day, I've called, I know these places have beds or not. And within a matter of um, minutes now, I can get you a bed in the same day or within a day. So, I mean, it's, it's just made the process so much smoother and uh, we can help a lot more people. So that is that is yeah. really incredible to, to to hear how that works. So if, essentially, you've become and your team has become just a, a really awesome facilitator to kind of get get these folks pointed in the right direction uh, to where they're going to be successful. That's that's really awesome. So let's let's dive into kind of the day to day a little bit more for the Grove program. What's a typical day like uh, for you? I understand you work with an officer from DPD as well. Yes. Um, so our team consists of myself. Um, Officer Jason Olson with Dayton Police Department. Um, and then we have certified peer recovery supporters through East End Community Services over on Zenia Avenue. Um, so they ride with us. So a peer recovery supporter is someone uh, who has a lived experience with addiction and or mental health. Um, so they are in long-term recovery. Um, so they come out with us um, and, and go on the overdoses and they go on their, the follow-ups with us and they're there to assist um, and try to to lend um, more support and resources for the individual that may have just overdosed. So, um, so our typical day starts around seven o'clock in the morning, and we get a list from Dayton Police, Dayton Fire, um, and then we also get one from the hospitals um, for the county hospitals. Um, and then, so anybody that's overdosed in the last twenty-four hours. Um, we also have, and, and you try to then follow up with them right away. That, yeah, that within same 20, day. 40, 48 hours, we follow up. We go knock on the door. Um, we have a resource bag that has different treatment centers and different resources in that bag, and then our, along with our business card, um, we knock on the door and we say, "Hey, you know, we know there was this incident, and we're here to help you, and just trying to offer any resources." And if you're ready to go to treatment, then um, then we start that process right then and there. And do you get do you get mixed responses? I mean, kind of dependent upon the yeah. situation. Yeah. So you know, in the beginning, I think um, you know, hey, there's a police officer standing there um, in a uniform, and people, um, I think, we're still pretty receptive to it, and a little shocked, like, hey, there's a you know an officer here to to help. Um, I mean, even myself um, with writing an officer, I wear a bulletproof vest. Um, I mean, it, it's bright blue and says EMS on it, um, but still is very like, hey, that's I'm not sure. really sure who she is either. Um, but having our peer supporters there is crucial because they're there. They see that, oh, they, they trust them. Um, so, yeah, let's see what they have to say. Uh, so and a lot of times family members, that will be the address that we have. Um, okay. So we can lend some resources for them as well. Uh, for places like FOA, Families of Addicts, is a support group at... Um, the Life Enrichment Center on Wednesday nights at 7 to 8.30. Uh, so they, we can offer resources for the family members as well. Um, and just kind of, they can pass the information we have onto their family member when if they come back home and say, hey, there's somebody here to help. And it kind of takes that stress off the family as well. So if someone isn't home, we leave that bag on their door. 
We leave our business card in there. They can give us a call when they're ready. Yeah, and yeah. that's that's so that's probably really an important piece of it, right? Is when they're when they're ready, and you're constantly available to to get them pointed in that direction when they make that decision. Yeah, I mean, we have people a year later. Wow. They may have lost everything they own, but they will pull our business card out wow. of their pocket and say, hey, I still have it. And it's, okay, use it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Give us a call. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. that's extremely impactful work. So I want to pivot just uh, for a second here, and then we'll come back to the GROW program. But as you know, we're currently recruiting for new emergency medical technicians to join Dayton Fire Department. Uh, so what would you say to someone considering that opportunity? What has, has working at the Dayton Fire Department as an EMT meant to you? And, and now in a, a kind of a unique role, we have a couple of, of career options for uh, EMTs and paramedics once they get in the department, well, one of which is one of some of the specialty work that you're doing. So um, what's What's your journey been as an EMT? Uh, yeah, so I mean, 11 years, this has been my home, and um, I've, I mean, I've enjoyed it. This has been, you know, this brotherhood, this sisterhood of, um, you know, I start out wanting to be a firefighter. Um, I end up kind of, I started this a little late and um, kind of missed that mark uh, as far as age. Um, but that hasn't, like, pushed me out of being, you know, part of the family. This is still my family and still one of you know everyone else uh, but this uh, being able to have another option for me being an EMT being able to be on the grow team or uh, community paramedicine uh, right. there's still some options here and if I want to be a paramedic um, you know there's still some growth here that I that I can have and um, if you're ready to do the work because um, this isn't for everyone uh, there's long hours and there's lack of sleep and there's you know there's stress and we see we see a lot I think this is, um, but if you're ready for it, this is uh, rewarding and you get to help people just in some of the worst times of their life and help their families through it and, and that's what's important. Somebody needs to be there to do it and if you can handle that, then this is for you. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. awesome. I tell people all the time, this is the, the greatest job in the world, right? And just like you mentioned, it's just a big family here. Yeah. And, and to see all of the different aspects of the fire department and all the different ways of both emergency response and then some of the more behind the scenes things like this Grove program, it's just incredible the impact that we can have on the community. Yeah. Now, I did want to mention that, um, you know, I've seen even, um, just because we spent so much time talking about mental health and it's some of the things that I do on Grow, is the growth that we've had in our department focusing on our own mental health um, and our physical health here is that we've grown so much in 11 years, just in the last few years of taking care of our members. Um, And a lot of departments may not have that, but we do focus on that. And I think that's another great thing about our department and why people would want to be here. Uh, Absolutely. I think the the city and and, and the fire command staff has really leaned in to the the concept of mental and behavioral health and and, uh, so many programs in place for that. Like you said, we've got to take care of our own as well, right? So, Amy, what would you like to see for the future of the GROW program as it continues to evolve and, and serve our citizens here in Dayton? So um, on Fridays, um, I partnered with One City for Recovery. Uh, They're out of Butler County and we do a homeless outreach. Um, So myself and Kyle Shaw, he's the core care care coordinator for the Hope Line, uh, which is an extension of One City for Recovery. He's also the founder and executive director for Whole Truth Ministries, which is a faith-based sober living in Dayton. So we go out with um, several volunteers and we pass out lunches and hygiene kits, warming kits, backpacks, blankets, different um, items that are donated and put together by volunteers from Crossroads Church um, and other 
they're out of Dayton and Mason and some other donations from the public. Uh, but I would like to see us be able to do uh, daily outreach. Um, that contact would allow us to better um, connect with individuals um, just to provide um, lunches and other items and allows us to have a short conversation and build some trust, uh, allows us to open up um, and ask, uh, allows others to open up and ask us for help that are, that are struggling. Uh, I believe that some daily outreach would allow individuals that are struggling um, to have some better support uh, and it'll help them navigate the resources. So we've already kind of seen that happen just with doing it once a week and I really like to see how uh, doing it more often would, yeah. would help people. So. Wow. Well, that is awesome information. There's uh, no doubt that the GROW team is having a huge impact on our city. So thank you uh, for your work. So uh, EMT, Amy Duncan, uh, Dayton Fire Department, thank you very much for being here today. And I hope you will all join us again next time on Birthplace of Next, the city's podcast. I'm Captain Brad French with Dayton Fire. And thanks for listening.